Hi, this is Haley Beebe, the Carveline Color Admin. Welcome to the Carveline Tech Service Podcast, the go-to industrial coatings podcast. Here are your hosts, Jack Walker and Paula Janus. Hey, Paul, here we are again, another episode of uh, Coronavirus uh, Times. I mean, the Carveline Tech Service Podcast. Yeah, Carboline Tech Service podcast during Corona times. There you go. You know, this has really flipped Corona on its head because like when I think of Corona times, I think of like sandy beaches and beer in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I don't normally think of uh, sitting by myself in an office in my basement and uh, talking to computer screens all day long. So I realized last week we issued a challenge and... We didn't identify for the outsiders who this person is, but Mr. Jeff Redfern, you obviously don't listen because you didn't call me this week. That's right. I didn't hear from you. So uh, he is our CFO. So yes, Paul and I are picking on the bean counter and uh, he's a large bean counter though. He'd probably whip up on either one of us. Probably. You know, he's got me by a few years, so he'll... That youthful exuberance, right? Little younger, and he's probably got a foot on me in height. Yeah, but I got a foot on you in height, so. Yeah, but he's taller than you. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Doesn't happen very often. Maybe I'm dumb for picking this uh, victim, but (laughs) Mr. Jeff Refern, we are coming for you. See, he has to play more nice than we do since he outranks us. You know, he's still going to play the political uh, business mentality of, I can be professional about this, where we get to have a little more fun with it. And I thought we should update everybody on the status of the GoFundMe so that we can take a helicopter to uh, drop Jeff out of it. There isn't going to be one. There, There isn't a GoFundMe. <laughs> no, we'll have to find something else to do. Oh, no, we, we still might, you know, have to make a few phone calls. I mean, he is the bean counter. Maybe he has personal enemies that own a helicopter. We don't know. Could be. Yeah, he's a CFO. He walks in different circles than we do. True fact. Now that we've, uh, you know, done some more Harry carry with our careers here, let's move on and talk about this week's topic. So we've been kind of setting this topic up for a couple of weeks. We reviewed a previous episode about B117 and salt spray test. And then we did an episode about some ISO classifications because we will reference some of those classifications when we talk about life expectancy of some of these coatings in this week's episode. But today we're going to get into some of the coating technology and kind of draw some parallels between performance, longevity, and cost. That's right, Jack. We did a a quick summary of this. So we're still talking about the NACE document, the service life of coatings, and The original time we talked about this was back in episode 75, and we gave an overview of this table specifically. If you want some more information on it, go back to episode 75, and that's all we talked about was this table. But we talked about it more as a how is it laid out and what's its purpose. So today we're going to dig a little deeper into it, and we're going to be looking at the coding systems and how they have an effect on the cost of the system and how you can manipulate those and work with those to change the price of an overall project. We're not going to talk about the layout of the table anymore. Sure, and a lot of it is common sense. 
when we first start looking at some of these technologies and where their costs are, the first one that really comes to mind is Alkid single component coatings. That's right. And, you know, following up how we're looking at these as far as pricing goes, table two in this same document gives a really good comparison to what the average pricing is going to be. So we're not going to get into, you know, the pennies per square foot on these coatings because that's not really, that's not what we do. We talk about it more of a generic overview and say entry level, everybody thinks what's the cheapest thing or the easiest to apply simplest system that I can put on. It's a water-based acrylic. And, and that's going to come in really close water-based acrylics and, and alkyds. Those are the two entry level price points into this, these categories. Sure, but with acrylics, be careful because you can have some specialty forms of acrylics that get expensive rather quickly. One of the more commonly used acrylics in our area would be like an acrylic elastomer. And that does kind of tip the scales as far as we are really just strictly talking about straight acrylic waterborne primer and top coat. Nothing fancy, nothing yeah, flashy. Yeah. So you have these single component technologies and, and once you start building in the extra features, that's where some of your cost gets added. Because if you remember from several different episodes before, we had uh, Ron from BIC on. And as you increase the technology and, and giving more favorable attributes by additives, well, guess what you're doing? You're adding an extra pickle to that cheeseburger and the cost has to be associated in some way, right? You know, so as you put more of the additives into the coatings that give it more performance features, whether that's long-term corrosion protection, gloss protection, chemical resistance, or if it's application properties, those are going to increase the cost of your coating. So when you look at these alkyd and acrylic single component products that are usually your entry level products, they don't have a whole lot of bells and whistles. And then when you look at their life expectancy, it's some of the shortest on the chart as well. And really we're looking, you know, if you just look at your standard, you know, C3 environment, it's a moderate environment. It's a nice, easy one. Everybody can identify with it. You know, we're looking at ages of typically eight to, you know, 12, 13, 14 years, depending on how extreme the environment is. So when we're talking about water-based and Alkyd systems, that's the age range that we're looking at. So when you when you talk about the cost of a system, the cost of your labor, your surface prep, your application, your material is going to be divided by that number. So we're spreading that out over an eight-year span or a 12-year span, most typically. And a big factor in that is going to come down to surface prep, which, you know, we talked a little bit about that in episode 128, about how surface prep has such a great effect on not only the performance of your of your coding system, but on the price of the job. Absolutely. And if you want to learn more about these two types of resins, episode 43 covers alkyd coatings and episode 44 dives into acrylics. And so you can go on, if you're interested, you can continue and learn more about these coating technology types. All right, Paul, here we go. It's that time where uh, I guess we're going to talk about you and your guys again. Hey, you know, that's always a good place to start. I mean, I don't know why we do that. You already got big enough pads. <laughs> we're just trying to fill the space that has been presented to us. And when you have an industry-leading technical team, it's great to keep them out there in front of everybody. 
That's right. Monday through Friday from 8 p.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time, you can reach our award-winning technical service department just by chat. Go to Carboline.com. And in the bottom right-hand corner, you'll see a little dialogue box. Just go ahead and click on there, and you'll get one of Paul's and his guys. And if you get Paul, make sure you call him Paul. Now back to the show. The next, what I'll say, most economical choice would be some of the basic general purpose epoxy primers. That's right, Jack. And so when we start adding epoxies to it, it really is a major improvement as far as overcoming some of the differences in surface prep, because we see a much more evening out of how long does a system last when we're talking about, a, say, a surface tolerant epoxy. They're going to have a higher ability to withstand less surface prep than, say, a water-based acrylic product is going to. So you're going to save money in your surface prep, but you're going to add a little bit of money in the cost of the product, but you're going to gain it in service life. What I would say about epoxies is that we need to be careful because they can be some of the cheapest coatings available in your general purpose like epoxy primers and things like that but they can also on the other end of it be the most expensive coatings that you buy when you start looking at some of the heavy duty chemical resistant tank linings that are epoxies that's right and in a lot of cases you'll have somebody who is looking for whether from a formulation side or a selling side or a buying side or even a specification they want well give me one that's good on all of that stuff well that's going to mean you're not necessarily getting the least expensive in any of those categories if you want one that is good in all of those categories. You're not going to have the best chemical resistance, and you're not going to have the best surface tolerant properties, but you'll have something that does well in a lot of different scenarios. And, you know, every paint company has their product, and it's kind of the go-to of what does well in these scenarios. And frequently you're, you'll find they're not the most expensive one that they have, but they do a good job at a lot of different areas. And the big thing that makes these products stand out is their ability to tolerate the differences in application techniques. So in most cases, you can spray it, you can brush it, you can roll it. They usually do really well over different types of surface prep. So you can see it with hand tool, power tool, clean, and you may only get a difference of a couple of years between the difference of a hand tool clean and an abrasive blast in the actual service life of the product. So adding a little bit in the price of the product, stepping from those acrylics and alkyds into those epoxies is a small change in price and a big change in durability and service life of the product. Mm -hmm. In the same category, you know, I don't want to shortchange epoxies because they're probably the most widely used generic type throughout this industry. That being said, I kind of think where we are in this episode and how we're coming along that we should talk about a couple more of the technologies that are used for primers and then next week, come back and we can talk about the differences in cost with the different top coats. Because there, there's a lot of variety there. There's a lot of choices. And there's a great variation in, in cost there as well. So the last two categories that I would say kind of sum up what we would call our primers would be moisture-cured urethanes and then zinc-rich primers. 
And obviously out of those two and out of all the primers, the zinc rich primers are the most expensive. We have lots of episodes about zinc primers. Feel free to go back and look if you want to know more about those. Yeah, just two of them off the top of my head. Uh, Episode 42 and episode 114 both dive into organic primers, organic zinc rich primers and inorganic respectively. So there's and there's several of them on inorganics. They do add they're the most expensive thing to add to a system, but absolutely they have the biggest impact in the overall lifespan of that system by adding them into it. Absolutely. I mean, nothing lasts longer than a zinc-rich primer. And you can bring a galvanizer in here and we can go toe-to-toe and I stand by that. Probably going to fight it out and both of us will be bloody when we're done. Long and the short of it is, is your zinc-rich primers are just as good as galvanizing. So you're getting 30 plus years of service life when you go with a primer like that. You're tripling the service life of the alkyds and acrylics that we talked about to begin this episode, and you're doubling an epoxy service life. That's right, Jack. And, you know, we we already did go toe-to-toe with, a, with essentially a galvanizer. It was episode 122. We had Bernardo Duran in, and he's from the Zinc Association. And, and that episode talked a lot about galvanizing. Bernardo gave us a great comparison of the durabilities of inorganic zincs, whether they be galvanized or liquid applied coatings like we would do in the paint industry. Yeah, and we kind of skipped over moisture cured urethane zincs there for a second. Know that uh, this is a technology that is also very inexpensive. Uh, moisture in the air helps the urethane cure. We had an episode where we talked about isocyanate and how it reacts with water. Well, this actually harnesses that power and does it on purpose. So, It's a really low cost primer as well. The thing about moisture cured urethanes is you kind of have to throw everything else you know about urethanes out the window. It doesn't really give you increased weatherability or any of those kinds of things. This is strictly a product that is intended to be a primer. That's right. Nothing else on moisture cures there, Paul? Nope, I'm done on moisture cured. (laughs) (laughs) Well... So I think we've taken a pretty good look. If you think about this, generically speaking, and and I think this needs to be remembered throughout this entire series, is that there will always be an exception to the rule. There will be a water-based product that's more expensive than everything else. But usually, if you look behind that curtain, there's some kind of additive or something or feature or value add that makes that coating worth so much more than the other ones. But generically speaking... When you have your alkyds, acrylics, moisture cure urethanes, they're all not that different from each other. And even your super cheap epoxies, it would kind of go in that flow. Alkyd, acrylic, epoxy, moisture cure urethanes, we're all splitting hairs. We're splitting hairs in price, but we're not necessarily splitting hairs in the length of a system. And that is one of the great things that this table is able to show you is add a little bit of price, minute in some cases, And the exponential increase that you're going to see in durability of a system really brings it out. And, you know, I think this leads us to a great transition point of next week's topic where we actually start talking about the top coats that are on these. Yeah. And so we'll leave it here. Know that those are kind of your main technologies that are used for primers. Oh, and zinc rich primers are the most expensive, mainly because at zinc itself is the most expensive thing that goes into those products is the zinc itself. But it's also what gives you all that galvanic protection. 
that being said, there's kind of a good overview. If you have any questions, hit us up at technical service at carboline.com. Thanks for continuing to listen and we'll see you next week. And so for the Carboline Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd, we'd like, like to, to thank, thank you for your support. Who put the line in Say, Carbola.